In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. As we begin the new year, we do well to reflect once again on the old, old story. The good news of great joy, so new and so strange and so wonderful uh, to the shepherds in Luke's Gospel. The news delivered uh, by the angel of the Lord that set the hearts of these shepherds on fire. The Christmas news that sent these otherwise hardened men running through the streets in the dark of night to find a sweet baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And to tell anybody who would listen to them all about it. News so good and so true and so important that it still lights hearts on fire today, no matter how many times uh, that we have heard it. And the Christmas story has just as much power today because it is uh, not just a sweet story of God giving us a gift, giving the world a gift. We pull out the story at Christmas time, sort of dust it off. No, it is a story of seismic truth that changes everything about our lives every single day of the year. Now, we are leaving the holidays behind. Within a couple of days, most of us will uh, return to work, return to school, return to our daily routines, and let's just be honest, uh, football is right at the front of many of our consciousness. And with all of that rushing into our lives, it's just very easy uh, to leave Christmas behind, sort of in the dust. But if we, like the shepherds, dare to approach the swaddled baby in the hay, what exactly will we find? And what difference will it truly make in our lives uh, the rest of the year? For that matter, what difference uh, will it make in us uh, for eternity? Well, St. Paul tells us in our passage from Galatians, that's where we'll spend most of our time this morning, uh, that God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That sounds sort of academic and churchy and not really like a very good way to describe a baby. Uh, A year or so ago, lots of people were asking me uh, about our newborn son, Luke, and if I had responded well, he was born of a woman and born under the law, uh, you would have quickly ushered your own children out of my presence. Um, But it's actually a very good, very helpful description uh, in helping us to understand uh, both the nature and the mission of that baby that the shepherds found. See, God sent forth His Son, Paul writes. The Son, Jesus, was with the Father in the beginning. And He was sent to us in this way by the Father. He didn't become the Son of God after being born to Mary. 
But he was the pre-existent Son of God who was himself fully God. And he was sent by the Father to us on a mission. And yet, he didn't just appear. He was born. He was born of a woman, the Virgin Mary. And there's no reason to believe there was anything other than a, uh, just a regular, natural childbirth and all its sort of painful messiness. His baby had to grow up and he had to learn to walk and talk. When he fell down and skinned his knees, he bled. This baby, uh, he was fully God and, and yet he was also fully human. That's probably more than the shepherds could have comprehended that night. But it's very important. It's very important that he was both fully God and fully human. And we'll get to why uh, that's important in just a minute. But let's, let's think first about why the Father sent the Son. Now Paul says that he was, Jesus was born under the law to redeem those under the law. In ancient times, when one country's army went to war against another country's army, the soldiers on the losing side who hadn't been killed were often gathered up on the field of battle and taken in as slaves. And so as a result of a war that was much larger than themselves, they found themselves bound under the rule of a powerful enemy. They belonged uh, in their own country, back alongside their brothers and their sisters where they were loved and valued. But on their own, they were imprisoned and they were powerless to escape. But on occasion, the victors would send word back to the homeland of the captives with news that they would release the prisoner for some considerable price. And once the price had been paid, the slave was bought back and declared to be free and restored to his true home. And that economic process of buying the slave back was called redemption. And the one who paid the price was called the Redeemer. And Paul is saying that Jesus came to be our Redeemer for the purpose of paying the price to set the captives free, to buy back those who are under the law. Now you may ask, are we really captives to the law of God? I mean, isn't that a little extreme, a little Old Testament maybe? But you know, Paul often uses language of imprisonment to describe our relationship to the law of God. Now let's be very clear. The law of God is good. The law is good. And it reveals and expresses to us the holiness of the character of God. And yet in doing so, it also exposes our own inability to match that holiness. See, the law demands that we love the Lord with every ounce of our heart and our soul, our mind and our strength, and that we love our neighbors at least as much as ourselves. And yet the law itself is powerless 
to enable us to do the things that it demands. And in our honest, quiet moments, we know that deep down, intuitive restlessness that comes under the pressure cooker of obedience. And we know the sly, uh, unspoken thrill of uh, not loving God or our neighbor. And so we all stand condemned by the goodness of God's law. And we are powerless to escape our imprisonment to our own self-serving devices. Now remember, I said that it was important that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Fully God, fully human. Jesus was born under the same demands of the law for the purpose of redeeming us, rescuing us from the law's condemnation. He loved the Father perfectly. He loved others relentlessly. And this qualified Him to bear the curse and the condemnation of the law on our behalf by His death on the cross. His life was the price of our redemption. He was the perfect Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And only in being fully God was He a sufficient sacrifice to atone for our sins. And only in being fully human could He fully redeem human life. Only in being both could Jesus span the unspannable gap between God and humanity and offer instead each of us the robe of His own righteousness to wear as our own. And yet, amazingly, Paul doesn't even stop there. Redemption, Paul says, isn't the point. It's just the means to the point. Jesus was born under the law to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. An adopted child isn't a second-class child. It's not a child on probation But an adopted child has legally and permanently received a change of status. This child that that formerly had no right and no relationship with the family whatsoever now has full membership in the family and is heir to the parent's estate. All that they have. God sent His Son to redeem us so that we might be His children and He might be our Heavenly Father. That's the point. He loves us. He rescues us in His Son to make us His sons and daughters. Now that all is more than the shepherds could have known. As they gazed upon the baby the manger, but they knew, they knew that there was a wonderment about this child. And they knew what the angels had told them, that that He would be the Savior. And in fact, that's what His name means. The name of Jesus means God saves. 
They knew that in some way this child would be the eternal solution for their own sinfulness before a holy God. You know, that doesn't change for you and for me as the holiday decorations go back in the box for another year. As we return to our daily routines and get all fired up about our football games. Because behold, is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And He was sent by God. He was born of a woman. He was born under the law to redeem those under the law so that we, friends, might receive adoption as His children. Amen.